Welcome to this week's Wireless Noodle. This week I'll be drilling into some interesting IoT technologies. First up is the new emerging standards for connected home, Matter and Thread. Then something a little technical in the form of 5G network data analytics function, NWDAF. Finally, a look at Lightweight M2M, the standard for device management, particularly relevant for constrained devices. My name is Matt Hatton. This is the Wireless Noodle, your weekly guide to the impact of disruptive new technologies on business. The smart home market's been perpetually on the cusp of explosion for the last decade or two. But with the exception of point solutions like Amazon Echo, Nest and Ring, adoption has been relatively slow. While there may be appealing individual devices, no one's quite cracked the creation of a smart home ecosystem supporting multiple device types. Samsung SmartThings is perhaps the closest. Now, it's possible this is set to change with the arrival of two standards, Matter and Thread. Matter is a smart home interoperability protocol developed by the Project Connected Home Over IP Working Group within the Connectivity Standards Alliance. The CSA was formerly the Zigbee Alliance, but expanded its scope beyond the core Zigbee technology. Its membership includes Amazon, Apple, Google, Huawei, Legrand, NXP, Samsung, Schneider, and Signify. The fully open Matter 1.0 standard will allow for compatibility between smart home devices. It doesn't create a new communications technology, but instead uses existing standards in the form of Ethernet, Wi-Fi, and Thread. Matter 1.0 released in late 2022, having been delayed due to expansion in testing and validation. Ahead of the official launch, several of the members have begun pre-release testing of devices from various vendors. Reportedly, Matter ended 2021 with 130 devices. The list of vendors that have announced support for Matter is extensive, including the usual smart home suspects, Apple, Amazon, Google, Samsung, as well as a broad range of others, including Philips Hue, Yale Home, Arlo, Bosch, Danfoss, Ikea, GE, Johnson Controls, LG, Lidl, and Osram. For developers, Matter eases the challenges of building products that are compatible with Amazon, Apple, Google, Samsung and other environments, allowing the user to manage them from any platform. For consumers, logos will be used to acknowledge certified vendors and they'll not be tied to closed systems supported by single vendors. Matter promises to be the default networking technology for smart home. One of the key things that Matter does is to make the thread standard more important. It's one of the few communications protocols supported by Matter. Now, Thread was developed in 2014 by a group of vendors including Arm, Nest Labs and Samsung and later Apple as a low-power self-healing mesh network to support IoT devices. It's based on the 802.15.4-2006 standard, similar to ZigBee and Bluetooth Low Energy. The addition of Apple has been notable because it's always shied away from supporting ZigBee favouring solely Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Thread's big advantage over Wi-Fi is that power consumption can be tiny. By virtue of a highly optimised set of protocols, including IP, UDP, 6 LOPAM, packet overheads are small, sub 100 bytes, and handshakes and polling are minimised, giving long battery life. Compared to Bluetooth Low Energy and specifically the Mesh version, BLE Mesh, performance is more similar, 
But the critical challenge for BLE is in the support it receives from vendors. The likes of Apple, Google and Samsung are very much favouring Thread. Add to this that it's not supported by Matter other than for initial configuration. But it has to be said, there is currently quite a limited range of devices that support Thread. The arrival of a new set of commonly adopted standards raises the prospect of an acceleration in the growth of the connected home. It won't be an overnight explosion, simply due to the inherent inertia related to installing smart devices in the home, typically only at the point where older legacy devices such as lighting, air conditioning or white goods are replaced. Doing a little number crunching in the report, based on the hypergranular data in the Transformer Insights IoT database, we found that smart home applications will account for 40% of all IoT devices by 2030, up from 37% in 2020. So, the smart home is growing even faster than the overall IoT market, particularly between now and 2025. A key part of the growth over the next 10 years is in the increasing availability of standardised open ecosystems that simplify the process of developing IoT devices and provide certainty for the end user over interoperability. The connected home is continuing to move away from closed systems based on single vendors. Matter is a critical element in this and Thread also to a lesser extent. Next up, Network Data Analytics Function, or NWDAF. For those of you who tuned into episode three, you'll remember I spoke about how true innovation in any given technology sector requires the separation of the hardware layer from the software control layer. This innovation then translates into an explosion of adoption of products and services. Similar trends are manifesting in other sectors today through the concept of ITOT convergence. With technology developments such as Network Function Virtualization, NFV, 5G's services-based architecture, and NWDAF, we see this trend also play out in the telecom sector. One of the key features of 5G, indeed, is that it creates a modular service-based architecture delivered through network functions. The Network Data Analytics function, NWDAF, allows the data from those NFs to be analysed and functions to be automated. This presents the possibility of enabling and accelerating innovation in new services through exposing the insights and functionality delivered via 5G networks. By doing so, NWDAF holds the key to releasing some of the value of 5G. So what is NWDAF? Well, NWDAF is a set of functionality specified in 3GPP's release 16, which was frozen in July 2020. It's part of 5G's services-based architecture, which sees the control plane functions delivered through a set of modular software-based network functions relating to the different elements of the operations of the network, e.g. authentication, session management or policy control, each able to access other NFs through standardised APIs. NWDAF involves the application of analytics to these functions of the 5G core network to analyse and automate core network functions and operations, including introducing predictive capabilities. Historically, MNOs relied on network probes to monitor the function of the network, whereas NWDAF collects data natively from the various network functions and via an orchestrator is able to close the loop and automatically make changes to network functions as necessary. This functionality allows for a range of analytics capabilities, some involving AI and machine learning, to be applied to network functionality. These include load analytics and prediction for different network functions, network performance analytics, including load performance and future predictions, 
data congestion analytics and network slice management in terms of load level calculation. In addition to the present analytics function, it also allows for open APIs to third party developers to build analytics functions on top of the data and to end users. The opportunities for this technology are quite substantial. The main one is cost saving through more efficient operations. It provides for mobile network operators to improve efficiency of network operations, for instance, by anomaly detection or network optimization and resource allocation being used to avoid congestion rather than having to invest further in sites and or spectrum. However, few mobile network operators will be content simply with cost savings as a justification for implementing 5G, or specifically NWDAF. They will look additionally for revenue opportunities. The aforementioned predictive behaviour analysis and avoidance of congestion could be monetized through the delivery of superior grade of service, quality of experience, or a tailored service reflecting a preferred trade-off for the customer. As an example of the latter, there are likely to be devices that would prioritise coverage over bandwidth or latency over cost. Also, they could offer enhanced guarantees over quality of service. This is one of the keys to unlocking the enterprise opportunity. For many use cases, enterprises are entrusting their mission-critical applications to a mobile network, for instance in industrial IoT use cases, or delivering a guaranteed feed for encrypted video footage. Offering nothing better than a best effort service is not compatible with that aim. I don't plan on addressing network slicing here, but NWDAF capabilities are also good for supporting slicing. Of course, it's not all plain sailing. There's legacy networks in the form of LTE which won't support the functionality. There's also a whole load of other standards and technologies that perform similar functions. Plus, privacy and policy management challenges crop up, particularly when AI is used. NWDAF is interesting, but perhaps one to really concern ourselves with in about five years' time. Finally, lightweight M2M. What is it? Well, it's a device management protocol. It was developed by the Open Mobile Alliance, the OMA, which previously developed the OMA DM standard for phones. OMA reinvented the OMA DM standard to be more appropriate for IoT, calling it lightweight M2M, LWM2M. It's built on the constrained application protocol, CoAP, which I've talked about in probably the last two or three episodes. And that's built on top of user datagram protocol with RESTful APIs. And it serves for device management, exposing device management resources such as security, connectivity, location, and firmware upgrades. Lightweight M2M is a favored device management protocol for use with constrained devices, for instance, using MBIoT or LTEM technologies, and also to a lesser extent on LTE Cat1 and Cat0 devices. There are some limits to Lightweight M2M. Its security is based on datagram transport layer security, DTLS. Historically, cloud platforms prefer data delivery using MQTT with transport layer security or similar. I've talked about this in previous episodes. MQTT is based on the connection-oriented TCP and uses TLS for its security, which is also a heavy protocol. Lightweight M-Term uses UDP and its associated security protocol, DTLS. There are a few alternatives to Lightweight M2M for device management. The first is to use vendor-specific device management capabilities, typically based on MQTT. There are numerous examples here, including Digi's Remote Manager, Telex DeviceWise, and Sierra Wireless's AirVantage. The other standards that might be relevant here have really not been designed for IoT devices, although they are appropriate in the context of less constrained devices, for instance, those using 4G and 5G or perhaps Ethernet. These include the Open Mobile Alliance Device Management, the OMADM, which I referred to earlier, 
That's designed for devices with more resources. It includes things like gateways, routers, connected cars, and other less constrained devices. Uh, TR69, or Technical Report 069, if you want to be technical, is a specification from the Broadband Forum for Remote Management of Broadband Customer Premises Equipment, sometimes used for IoT devices as well. And TR369, also known as User Services Platform, USP, is a successor to TR069, uh, extending the device management functionality to IoT devices. None of these other alternatives is really designed for constrained devices. The proprietary approach using MQTT are the closest, but as noted before, this being a connection-oriented protocol based on TCP makes it inappropriate for constrained devices that need to minimise communication to maintain battery life. Quite a few vendors support Lightweight M2M. Technically speaking, Lightweight M2M is available on more or less all cellular devices to manage firmware for the modem by virtue of the requirement from AT&T and Verizon in the US that it be included for that purpose. However, the implementation is somewhat clumsy, relying on AT commands. Communication service providers are big advocates, typically, and some enterprise end users in sectors like smart meeting and lighting are advocating for it. In the recent report, Lightweight M2M, what is it and how widespread is its use? We also forecast how widely adopted it will be. Today, not huge, but becoming significant over the next 10 years. Next week, or possibly in a few weeks' time, if 5G floats your boat, and particularly if you're interested in the emerging space of mobile private networks, aka private wireless, I recommend you register for our webinar on the 26th of September when I'll share perspectives on both topics and how they overlap. I'll put a link to that on the wirelessnoodle.com site. I'm currently on my travels at various conferences and events over September and October, so won't have much time for putting together a podcast episode, but I'm sure I'll have a lot to report when I get back. So there may not be an episode for a few weeks, but I'm sure I'll come on with lots of thoughts from MWC Las Vegas, IoT Tech Expo, The Things Conference and many other shows. I hope you can join me when I come back. Links to some of the research that I've been referring to in this week's show, as well as the transcript of the recording, will be available on the podcast website at wirelessnoodle.com. Thank you for joining me. I've been Matt Hatton, and you've been listening to The Wireless Noodle. Thank you for listening to The Wireless Noodle. If you'd like to learn more about the research that I do on IoT, AI, and more, you can follow me on Twitter, at Matty Hatton, and you can check out transformerinsights.com, that's transformer with an A, 